Guys, first of all, thank you so much for being here, for making the time. You know, I really appreciate it. And um, I'm just going to ask you quickly to kind of introduce yourself, you know, tell a little bit about, you know, who you are, uh, how long you've been into tattooing and that kind of stuff, you know, so for people that they might not know you and stuff like that. Uh, Nick, you want to start? Sure. Uh, my name is Nick Swartz. I own Alley Cat Tattoo in Harrisonburg, Virginia. I have been in the tattoo business for nearly 25 years and all facets. Um, and I've been doing no lies, just bullshit for almost six years. Uh, yeah. Awesome. And uh, how did the name come about? Uh, I'm a big Blues Brothers fan, the movie, okay. the Blues Brothers and the music. And uh, so I had recorded four episodes on my phone and my brother who is responsible and always has been for producing the show. He does what little bit of editing we do and he, he posts everything online. He said, look, you have to have a name. If you're going to do this, you got to have a name. <clears throat> so my, there's a scene in the Blues Brothers. Jake has been out of jail for a couple of days and he asks, when's band practice? And Elwood says, uh, you know, the band broke up a long time ago. He said, you've been lying to me this whole time? He said, well, it's not lies. It's just bullshit. And my wife was like, you should take that and just call it no lies, just bullshit. And the first time you hear anything, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't sound right, you know. But just the the connotation to the Blues Brothers and my, my brother being the one that was going to produce the show, I hit him with it. And he said, that's perfect. Let's do it. And that's, that's no lies, just bullshit. Plus, yeah. I don't want it to be taken too seriously either. You know, like Andrew has tackled some serious issues uh, that affect tattooers and that tattooers are concerned about and stuff like that. I don't really do that. And I don't want anybody to take what I'm saying too seriously. So I just put bullshit in the title to fucking keep all that from happening. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know you too well, but it really looks right. It sounds right. You know, the type of stuff that you do is like, okay, this is kind of you you know so i guess that's that's, that's important and how long have you been you. having the podcast for almost six years okay that's something like that time. we started in the fall we started in uh late september early october of i want to say 2016 I, I think that's when it was okay i'm not good with dates <laughs> unless they're yeah. way far back <laughs> yeah tell me about it and andrew what about you um i started tattooing I guess it's been about 14 years now. Um, and I work in Portsmouth, New Hampshire on beautiful coastal New Hampshire. And um, I make the podcast called Books Closed. And I started that, I think it was 2018. Um, I could be wrong. I've, I've kind of been off it for the last couple of years. So my whole sense of time has been warped when it comes to that. But I'm pretty sure I started in 2018 and did a, did a couple of years pre-pandemic. Okay. And let me ask you too, uh, how the, the idea of the podcast was born? Because sometimes there is no idea behind, right? You're just doing maybe one for fun. They're like, oh, or sometimes there is more of an idea. How was that born? Like how, you know, did you come up with it? Well, I had been making a bunch of YouTube videos that were all kind of comedy, satirical stuff for a couple of years. And uh, my ideas for that, as I progressed, got bigger and bigger and more expensive. And so I kind of had to figure out something else to do because I was bankrupting myself and, and making those videos wasn't, I wasn't able to like monetize that at all. So I thought, well, what's a format that I can do that I can repeat and also possibly monetize it so I can at least like the project can pay for itself. Um, and I've, I've been listening to talk radio and podcasts for tons of years. Um, old radio dramas I used to listen to when I was a kid. So I think the format I was just really familiar with and I really enjoyed listening to it. So I thought I would try my hand 
um, and making the podcast myself. And of, of course, it would be about tattooing because I don't really know much about anything else. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what about you, Nick? Uh, you know, I'm a bullshitter, man, by nature. I just, I, that's what I do. My, I, I come from the country and people that I grew up around are great storytellers. And I had some, some uh, friends who were just like, man, you got to do something with these stories. And you always, you know, talk shit. And uh, a good friend of mine is a writer. He, he worked for Rosetta Stone for many years and, uh, and he developed the German software and the Japanese software and uh, for them and, and did well. And he was like, well, you know, I can, I can help you write a book if you want to write a book. And then Rosetta Stone laid him off and he had to regroup. So he took the LSAT and got offered a, a scholarship to Harvard. And he's like, look, I, I ain't got time for this shit. You, you're going to have to figure something out, you, but you should do a podcast because that way, you know, you can continuously tell your stories. And uh, I, I kind of, I dragged my feet for about six months on it. And I told my brother one day, I said, and I need to figure out how to record this. He's like, you got a recording app on your phone. And one day I just hit record with him in the room and recorded about 50 minutes of a story at a tattoo convention of me going to a tattoo convention. And then he was like, man, that was pretty good. And you were able to talk continuously. And so I did three more and I sent those four to to eight tattooers that were friends of mine and they all just gave me positive feedback. And they said, you know, I would listen to that when I paint that, you know, that's dope. And so I sent it to eight more people. And again, just the, the positive feedback. And, uh, and then my wife, you know, suggested that name and, and we, we just decided to post it and it, you know, that next thing you know, I got 300 of these things. Nice. And uh, I guess, you know, the, the thing with writing a book or stuff like that, I guess this is at least what I like a podcast is a bit more light. You know, you don't yeah. have to, everything has to be so thought through. You can edit after or something, but you can just like relax. Same thing with other podcasts. You know, you can listen while you're cleaning or something. You don't have to focus so much. Right. And well, like, um, like I said, yeah. I feel like I lose my charm if I'm not in person. And, you know, so if I write a book, you can't hear it in my voice, but if I'm telling you a story, you know, whether you're looking at me or not, just hearing my, hearing me and my inflection, you can sort of see what kind of guy I am and, and, and the point I'm trying to make, it's easier that way for me. Yeah. And what do you, do you feel that you're at right now with your podcasts? Andrew? Where do I feel like I'm at? I feel like I'm at nowhere because I've barely made episodes for a while. I think when I wasn't able to travel as much it kind of lost its charm for me because that's what i really liked about it selfishly i i do it because i enjoy the actual experience of making the podcast and it's just a bonus that it's recorded and i can share it with other people um but before we get too far off from the last thing i, I want to ask both of you guys don't you think a podcast is going to reach way more people than a book at this point anyway absolutely Definitely. yeah big time first of all because it's free for, yeah. unless you do some right. special format and second i was talking about this with my girlfriend the other day and she was saying the same thing you know compared to a book a book you have to commit you know you can't really listen to a book while you do other stuff but podcast is so light that you can save it go back to it later you know so i think now people are used to it and you have it if you have a decent phone you can have you know you have podcasts so i think and, definitely and you yeah. can i can edit something i've said later too if i make a mistake or i say something incorrectly on the next episode or whenever I figure it out, I can revisit that. Um, and as far as a book is concerned, like, 
you know, nobody knows who I am. Who's going to read my book? But when I when I invite, you know, Brian Bruno on on my podcast, I may have gotten 500 or 600 downloads on one of me telling a story about going to Tampa. But when I put Brian Bruno on there, 25,000 people want to listen to it. So the hope that 25,000 people will read that book is pretty slim. You know what I mean? Because, again, nobody knows who I am. I'm just a hillbilly. Yeah, and I would yeah, probably yeah. listen to the audio book of your book anyway, because I don't want to hear you speak it. So podcast is good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The thing, the thing with the, like, like you said, Andrew, the thing with the podcast is I think every, every, like all good stuff come from a little bit of selfish reason at first, right? Because if you don't enjoy yourself, that there's no point. And I think people can tell whatever it is that you do that when you're enjoying it, right? Even if you work in a bar or whatever it is. And uh, it's funny because I, when I don't do episodes for a while and then like I did in through the summer and then I did one the other day and I remember, oh yeah, that's why I do this. Because it's that moment where you kind of hang out with people, I mean, if you don't know them and, you know, luckily often people open up a little bit and you think like, oh man, I barely know you and you're telling me those things, you know, it's really, I don't know, man, I appreciate, you know, it's a, it's a nice connection, even if it's remote, I think. It's a perfect excuse to reach out to someone that you don't know. And then you can build, I mean, I've built tons of relationships with people I wouldn't have encountered uh, otherwise, uh, just from having that excuse of making the podcast. And that I really like that about the whole process. Me too, man. It's it's crazy how much, you know, how much joy and friendships and experiences I've had through these interactions and and how many continued friendships that, that I maintain that I've made through the podcast that just by being curious to want to talk to someone about, you know, their legacy and tattooing or, or whatever it may be. And I've been fortunate to speak with a lot of great people. You know what the crazy thing is for me that some of the people that I interview, I, I used to look them up or, or, you know, study their stuff in magazines like 25 years ago or something, you know, yeah. and I'd be like, Oh, and now some of them are willing to sit down, you know, with me and, and talk and like, fuck man, this is, it feels unreal, you know, like good time Charlie or people like this. You're like, Oh dude, you know 100 man i you know yeah. i one point that i've been looking at his tattoos since the 90s and you know he listened to my podcast invited me to a cookout and then agreed to do my show and and now we're, we're, we're homies and i tell people all the time man he flew into richmond virginia to see a veil play when a veil got back together hardcore band from richmond and we linked up and he was like oh we're staying at the same hotel let's go to the pool and so me and Juan Puente just fucking sat in the pool for two hours one day telling stories. And it just, that's my guy, but it freaked me out. It, like I tell people, I'm like, yeah, I want to swim with Juan Puente today. <laughs> yeah. You don't get used to that stuff. But at least I don't want to go used to it, you know? But I mean, he's my friend. I've cooked with yeah. him. We know we've gone, you know, we're homies, but it's still, I know exactly who he is. So when I, when I look back at the experience of just hanging out in the pool, telling stories with him, it, it's just surreal. Yeah. And this is a bit of a big question. So maybe think about it, but can you, can you think about some of the episodes or the people or the thing that have been said or happened that you particularly remember or you, or you, you know, may put a smile on you when you think about it and like, Oh yeah, I'll never forget that day, even for different reasons, you know, serious, funny, whatever that is. Yeah. The the first batch of episodes that I made, <clears throat> I think I had recorded maybe two or three locally um, just with guests, people that were guesting coming through the shop and stuff just lined up one summer. And that, that was 
made it easy to kind of launch the show. And then I'd put those episodes out. I didn't have any uh, on deck and I had planned a trip to go out to San Francisco and Portland over like five days. And I just crammed as many uh, interviews as I could. So I think it was within two, two or three days I interviewed um, Taki, Freddie Corbin, Seth Safari, Tim Lehigh, Cheyenne Sawyer, and Scott Harrison. <laughs> no pressure. I could barely work my equipment. That's a starting five right there, dog. That's... <laughs> well, yeah. So, like to me, that that like I had my golden age for five days, and then it's just been downhill since there. And not not the guests have been downhill, but like my experience, like how can you match that? That that just like blew my fucking head wide open. Yeah. And just having the excuse and like, you know, and, and when I'm like staying, you know, uh, outside of town and I'm going out to dinner with these people and <clears throat> meeting their families and all the stuff. And it's just like, like what Nick is explaining, you just get those like human experiences with people that you've looked up to for so long. And yeah, they're just like tat dudes, but like, you know, there's still that thing in the back of your head where you're like, holy shit, this is, this is pretty fun. This is pretty cool thing to do. And uh, yeah, so that was like my my uh beginning in making the podcast and it was it was pretty insane let me ask you are you are you kind of nervous are you still nervous sometimes before doing the interview or you are you like in general you guys or you you have it like oh i got this 100 percent. it depends on who i'm talking to man um you know i I, i'm pretty confident in what i do and, and i can i can bullshit but um like just recently, I, I'm, I'm putting out an episode next week of, with Richie Montgomery, who's been tattooing for 50 years in New York, 50 years. So I had met Richie before. He doesn't say a whole lot, but I've got Angelo Miller in my ear. I've got Eric Desmond in my ear. You got to do this right. Don't fuck this up. This is a legend. This is an icon, you know, and, and I, you know, I know those dudes and, and they're, they're intense guys and, and that's just how they are, but they're like, you better not fuck this up. You, you better make us proud. This is really important. And I'm like, hey, 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 I know what the fuck I'm doing. And I flew to New York for the first time. I hadn't flown in 12 years. And I flew to New York just to record that one because it meant so much to me. And his wife came and brought me cookies. And he brought me stencils or acetates that Peter Pullis had, had cut and that he had cut, you know, 50 fucking years ago. And it was the sweetest guy. We had the best time. We talked for two and a half hours. And... Uh, the shit he was telling was legendary, but I talked to him the same way I'm talking to you guys right now. So I get a little anxious sometimes, but once I start, I'm, I'm pretty good. What about you, Andrew? Uh, yeah, I'm usually pretty okay. Um, every once in a while, and I'm sure you guys have had similar experiences where you get someone who's just not as forthcoming with stuff and they, they'll give short answers and you kind of get down, you hit a point where you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> even yeah. if it's just for a minute. And uh, I, I feel like I tend to start rambling and over speaking. And then I just end up repeating stuff. I've probably said a hundred times on the show already. And then it, it makes I'm me. A a little bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, at this point, how could you not repeat something? You know, like you've done so many episodes, but like, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Sometimes that'll, it keeps you on your toes. I don't know if it's nerves um, because you know, it's all recorded. If it really sucks that bad, it just will never get put out or you just chop it up into something short or whatever you got to do. But like, uh, but, but I also, I want to come through for the guests because you want them to look good. You want them to, you, you know, you want them to be engaging to the audience and, and whether they're the best or worst guest ever, like they're still taking the time to, to do your show as a favor. And, and I, that's always the thing in the, the front of my head that kind of keeps me wanting to do the best for their 
you know, on their behalf, yeah. I guess. Yeah. For me, there's two sides of that. There's, there's guests that are nervous. And if they're nervous, I'll tell them a story and they usually loosen up. And then there's guests who, like Andrew said, that they just will give you yes and no answers and they don't elaborate on hardly anything. And that can get difficult, even as much as I run my mouth, that can be a hard thing to, to face. And so, you know, I, I've done episodes that I expected to be two hours that I were 45 minutes because I can't get this motherfucker to say nothing to me, you know? And, and it's just, sometimes that's the way it goes. Um, I, well, I want to go back for just a sec. What's that? I said, I always, I, I need to think more about how the guests are probably nervous, at least at the beginning. I think I overlook that now because I'm more comfortable, but I think that's a big part of it. And there's, there's gotta be ways to like unlock that a little well, sooner. As I said, I, if, if, if I get that, that feeling, I tell them a story and then all yeah. of a sudden they forget because they think they're on the spot. And with my, a lot of people tell me they think about who's already done my show. Mm -hmm. And like sort of they're going to be in that class now. And I'm just like, well, you know, my cousin Dwayne has done this show. So let's not, <laughs> let's not get too fucking serious. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, I, I just tell them a story and they kind of lose the fact that, that, that I'm interviewing them or having, or, you know, reached out to them and it kind of loosens them up. Um, but I wanted to go back to the question about a moment for the podcast. I, I've had a lot of incredible guests and I'm very, very fortunate that so many people have done it. But when I had Jill Bonnie on for the second time, she had just come back from Japan and Horiyoshi prepared a statement for her to read on my show. And, you know, when I start, when I realized what good tattoos were, I saw a spread on Horiyoshi in a magazine in like 1997 and all I cared about was Japanese tattoos for the next fucking 15 years. I, I got into American traditional stuff way, way, way later. Um, I was just in. And of course, when you in that era, you're talking about Japanese tattoos. He's the top. He's the one, you know, even now. But and so he had, I didn't know it. And we were just talking. And Jill, you know, always has her stuff together. And she's amazing. And. She was just like, so Horiyoshi Sensei has prepared a, a statement for me to share with your listeners right now. If you would please pop a bottle of champagne and then I'll read it. And I was just like, I freaked out. We had to pause. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was it was wild. And, oh, you know, dude. the statement wasn't to me and he didn't know who the fuck I was. But he but she explained to him what I do. And he said he wanted to participate And that. You know, I've had a lot of great moments, but that was special to me. That's humbling, huh? Yeah. What did he say? Uh, he basically said that, you know, he appreciated the continued interest in his work and the importance of his work and the fact that um, an audience so far away would, would, be, would be interested in what he's doing and what he's done for so long. It was basically just like a, a sort of acknowledgement that, that – you know, he, he feels I, I, not his impact, but that he's well received. Almost immediately when Jill read that statement, I said, Horiyoshi thought of Americans doing Japanese tattooing. And she said he doesn't think of that because Americans can't do Japanese tattoos. It, it, he doesn't even consider that because yeah. you, you just you can't. Yeah, it's <laughs> the same I, thing like 
Is this, I'm Italian. It's the same thing when I go to some other countries and they make pizza. I'm like, okay, that's cool. You call it pizza. It's not. It's something else. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> and um, what do you think that, you know, because you've been in this game for long enough, you know, so you know how everything changed and stuff. So before there was no podcast, you know, before there was nothing, there was no internet. Whatever. What do you think that podcasts, you know, as well, podcasts like yours, you know, podcasts of this type bring uh, to the tattoo world. I think it brings this, I mean, it kind of carrying the torch of magazines and stuff. I think there was always something. It's just, obviously there's more access and there are more options and, uh, more people that are presenting interviews and, and material and coverage of conventions and stuff, but that it's kind of just like a continuation of magazines. Um, I feel like I was pretty influenced by a tattoo artist magazine. Cause that was like my podcast when I was first starting and, and I can kind of look back and see that all my favorite issues of that magazine were most of my first guests. So you can see like where, where my interests were exactly and all, <clears throat> all my biggest influences. Um, but I've, I've had people kind of talk to me about how they think that maybe podcasts are like too much access or too much behind the scenes, but I, I don't agree with that. I think that it's, it's the nature of the beast. People share what they want to share. Um, and every, I mean, there's more access to everything now. That's just how it is that, you know, we're, we're not so divided from people that we admire or look up to, or just a stranger in general. Um, we've all got access to each other. And I think a podcast is just, uh, a, a byproduct of that. Yeah. What do you think about that, Nick? Uh, you know, what people have said to me, a tattooer say to me, the importance of it is, is legacy is, is, you know, um, if, if someone, wants to hear what Freddie Corbin sounds like, then in 50 years, they can listen to Andrew's episode with him. You know, if, if someone is interested because Freddie Corbin, his legacy is going to stand up. Everyone's always in within tattooing going to know who he is. Um, everyone is always going to know who Timothy Hoyer is. And so if they want to know what he sounded like, I've got five episodes with that motherfucker. So that, you know, in, in, because they're going to look at his tattoos and they're going to look at his paintings in, in 50 years and a hundred years, the, the most impactful people in this business are going to hold up, you know? Um, and so they can accompany those things with a conversation. And, and that's what the tattooers have said to me is the importance of doing the podcast. I I'm like, Andrew, if someone doesn't want to tell me something, they're not going to tell me and if they do. then that's fine. You know, if you go get tattooed by them, you might get that same story. So yeah. yeah, you know this is a it's a subject that that is going to encounter all opinions, right? And I believe that opinions are like assholes. We all have one, right? So they're all, they're all valid. But uh, uh, you know how much to share, not to share that kind of stuff. And like we said, the tattoo world changed a lot. It was very closed. Now it's more open. Some stuff is good. Some stuff is not good. But you know, I believe that perhaps the like you said, the legacy and the fact that you can get to know a person better, especially people that have been so influential and then like any other humans are not going to be around forever. I think the fact that what you uh, give voice to, you know, and what you record and preserve, I think that the value of that outweigh, you know, the fact of, oh, they told you what needles they use. You, you know what I mean? It's, I think it's a mentality kind of like abundance versus scarcity kind of thing, you know, but again, you know, there are a million opinions about that, but. I think that there's a huge value in kind of humanizing these like titans of tattooing as well, or even just any tattooer. Um, I think that I've gotten a lot of value from just um, 
I don't know, just being able to have conversations, but even listening to other podcasts, just hearing conversations with, um, like I, I remember listening to a Brian Bruno conversation with you, Nick, um, and I've never met him. I haven't gotten tattooed by him, but just hearing that it's, it's very cool because the only thing I'd ever seen of him as a person, um, was whatever that old, there was like that old YouTube series. I think it was an Italian guy that went and got a bunch of tattoos yeah. from, from people. And that was the only thing I've ever seen of Brian as like a human. So it's right. cool to like peel back the layers. And he was like telling some story about his kid at the park or something. And I don't, I don't know. I just dig that. Cause it, it's important to realize, especially as a tattooer that, um, you know, there's more sides, there's more sides to life. And, and that's the thing I've learned a lot about making the show is like balancing your life and tattooing. And it can't all just be a hundred percent tattooing. And it's just cool to see the human side of people. Absolutely, yeah. man. I, you know, I, I did a, a podcast in a hotel room with, Mike Rubendahl and Chris O'Donnell. And we were talking about our families a lot. And afterwards, Rube is like, hey, man, that nobody's going to listen to that. I don't know what. He's like, we should have prepared better because no one. And I said, you know, everybody wants to hear that. Yeah, if they're the interested in you, they're not just, they're interested in you entirely. And people loved it, man. They went crazy for it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of just sick of those like old, boring interviews like old magazine and like not tattoo artist magazine but the old like softball interviews you know the tattoo magazines you'd get on the newsstand it's just like so when did you start cool what's your biggest influence and like yeah there's there's some value to hearing that about certain people but i mean at this point it's so boring like that's the last i want to talk about with with anybody usually that's why i um I always say I'm having a conversation with someone and not so much interviewing them. And I do, if I don't know them, I kind of do the, well, you know, where'd you start and that sort of shit. I'll do a timeline. Yeah. But I bullshit throughout the whole thing. And, you know, I had Mike Dorsey on and everybody wanted to hear about painting and he talked about ghosts and holograms in the sky (laughs) and fucking aliens. And that's it, man. He told one story. Bruno sat in on that one too. And he, they told, they shared a story about a fight at a tattoo convention and everything else was ghosts <laughs> and aliens. And that was it. And people were like, what the fuck? And I was like, that's what he wanted to talk about. That's what we covered. You Did know, you say fight, fights in tattoo convention? Yeah. They, they told a story about a fight at a convention they had, they had went to together. And that's about the only, that's the closest thing to tattoo. So we talked about that time. But I never have an agenda. And if someone wants to talk about cooking or someone wants to talk about whiskey or someone wants to talk about fucking skateboards or whatever, I just go that. I just do whatever they want to do. Yeah. And that's the stuff that's informing their work and their approach and stuff anyway. So I feel like that's the exactly. most important stuff to hear about somebody. So that's kind of like the stuff that you you guys say. It's it's a multi-layered, I guess, you know, uh, thing. But that's the thing that you kind of try to promote. If you would have some sort of... a okay, what is this podcast about? Why am I doing this? You know, to show that side that you don't see that everybody knows, you know, everybody knows, you know, how to tattoo, but nobody knows that they whatever think about aliens and shit. Huh? Yeah, exactly. I don't really build my podcast as a tattoo podcast. I mean, it definitely is, but I'd say it's a storytelling podcast. And like I said, I've had my seventh grade teacher on this podcast and she talked about what it was like to be, you know, a black woman growing up in the mountains and teaching school and and you know it was a lot of fun but she told a story and so i i always whether i'm having her on or i'm having you know whoever one point thing on it's it's rooted in storytelling for me 
Yeah. And is there something uh, new ahead or something you're excited about for the future that you, you know, you're looking forward to? I mean, I'm going to Aachen. Uh, Man, I got a crazy, I got a crazy schedule coming up. Seventh, Joe Capobianca is coming to my shop and his podcasts are always insane. He always says crazy shit. The eighth is my wife's birthday. The tenth is my brother's anniversary. I'm cooking for hundred people for that. The eleventh is my anniversary. Yeah. The thirteenth, I'm flying out of Germany. Yeah, Did you say hundred people. A hundred people. Yeah. Are you? And are I'm gonna cook, cook for hundred people. Are you? Are you trained cook or? I'm I cook, but I'm not trained. I just damn it. Hundred people is a lot of people, dude. Man, I started doing stuff like that at, at Absolute Art. I, they would have a party before the Richmond convention, and I would cater the party. And I would cook. The first year I did it was 60 people. The second year I did it was 160 people. Um, How many people do you got to help? Usually one. Two people for 100 people. Fuck, are you yeah. good? Yeah. Ah. I'm a bad motherfucker, man. <laughs> and what, what's your jam? What's your thing? Uh, I mean, I, I, I have a nice smoker. I'll do pulled pork. I'll do chicken quarters. I'll do st- like street tacos. Uh, whatever. whatever. Whatever anybody wants to do. Oh, nice. I, I can I, I can do it all. You should come and do that shit in Aachen, man. I would love to, man. You know, I didn't know I was going to Aachen until kind of the last minute. I hadn't flown in 12 years, and I was kind of freaked out. So I flew to New York to record with Richie just to get my head straight about flying. And then when I told Andreas, he's like, well, a lot of the time is already – because they have a stage they want you to podcast in front of the audience. And so he was like, most of that time is accounted for. He just messaged me this morning and said, Saturday at 2 o'clock, you got Hanky Panky on the live stage. So I'm going to do that one live, and that'll be fun. But um, Have you done one but in front next of an audience year, before? What's that? Have you done a podcast in front of an audience before? No. Have you? Yes. A couple times. How is it? Uh, it's fine. Because you, you, you get into like your little comfort wave pretty quick. Right before you start, you're like, all right, this is different. And then as soon as you just start your thing, it, it feels like every other one. Hanky you know Panky is a wild card, you know what I mean? But he also has a reputation for, for like for partying a little bit, and so do I. So <laughs> Andreas said, I told him you're friends with Shane at home. I was like, okay, we'll see. What I don't know what that's going to do, but we'll see. I feel uh, like your, your personality alone is going to lend itself really well to doing a live thing. I think it's going to be awesome. Thank you, man. I hope so. I mean, you know, it, to me, it's just another opportunity to tell stories and shoot the shit. And when he asked, you know, uh, I had a good friend in this business tell me one time, well, if opportunity comes your way, don't overthink it. Just go, just step toward it. You know what I mean? And and that's what I've done when these opportunities have, have come up and, and it's, it's worked well for me. And, you know, I didn't fly for a very long time. And I looked at myself and said, you know, what am I going to do? Tell my kids I didn't go to Aachen because I was scared to get on a plane. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so I'm going to go, you know, uh, but yeah. So, but he, anyway, so he said next year we can plan something out more and we can have something where I have like live podcasts each day, but I would, I would rather go to Aachen and cook for a hundred people. That should be a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm sure you would love that shit, man. It would make everything ready. For- but I'm just looking forward this year to going and, and meeting folks. And and uh, my brother is going with me and he, his wife is German. He speaks fluent German. We just found out we have an uncle in Germany, which uh, is kind of a crazy story. My grandfather had multiple families 
at once in New York City uh, in different boroughs, and nobody knew until in the same city. In the same, yeah, yeah, one in Queens, one in Brooklyn, and one in Manhattan. And uh, he he met this German girl at the airport and got her pregnant and raised her or raised this her son with her for two years. Then he got shot in the neck. And he told a police officer, just tell this girl I'm dead because I can't maintain this anymore. So she just took her baby and went back to Germany. Then he did 23 and Me 60 years later and got a hit on my mom's cousin Vito. And Vito was talking to the fella and he said, you know, it's a shame my dad was shot and killed. And he was like, your dad ran an Avis car rental in Tampa until he was 76. Uh, <laughs> so the result is it's my mom's brother. So he he came here in June. I hosted him at my house here and cooked for him. And he brought his wife and we had a tremendous time. So when I go to Germany, I'm going to visit with him for a couple of days, my brother and I. And then what, what do they live in Germany? Man, you know, we landed in Frankfurt and uh, just looking at the map. Aachen is to the west. He is, he lives to the east. I don't know. It's Würzburg, maybe. Ah, Würzburg. OK, yeah. 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 So we're gonna we're gonna cruise over there and, and hang out with him for a couple of days. Yeah. The cool thing in Europe is that you know, depending which country we're talking about, but you can move fairly easily with trains. You know, yeah. if you get a, so it's that's very pretty comfortable. You know. And uh, what about you, Andrew? Any plans that you're excited about? Uh, I'm just excited to start making some shows again. I'm trying to gear up and uh, plan some travel and and just make some stuff happen. I'm trying to plan some more like super trips, like the one I described earlier, just to light the fire under my ass again. Um, but yeah, just making more shows. That's what I'm excited about. Nice, nice. And uh, outside of tattooing, what are your favorite podcasts? I guess you listen to some podcasts, I guess. Mm. I listen to this one called The Sit Down. It's an American mafia history. Uh if there's a good comedian on Joe Rogan, I'll listen to him just with comedians. I don't really, I don't want to hear him talk about the fucking pandemic and all that bullshit. Um, that's about it. Really. I don't, I don't really listen to that many podcasts. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's talking probably about, it for me. Talking I've about never listened to one of mine and I've never listened yeah. to one of y'all. You know? yeah. yeah, but you don't <laughs> listen to your things again. I mean, that's, you're like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I did it already. You know. Yeah. Plus, I don't want to. I don't want to think about what I said. If I hear myself say something stupid and then overthink that, I don't want to. I don't want to live that life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Andrew? What's your favorite stuff? Uh, I haven't been listening to a lot lately. I feel like I used to listen to podcasts constantly, and um, I don't know. Maybe just the production for a lot of shows has gone down. I feel like everything I used to listen to has kind of fallen off. Um, there's been some, some of like the New York times ones that come and go. I like limited series. If it's like a true crime story. Um, I feel like yeah. it has a good pace. Same thing for TV shows. I like a limited series over like a ongoing thing. Cause the story moves fast. Um, there so was yeah. that one that was, uh, that was pretty good. The S town, I think it's called, you know, the letter yeah. S town. Yeah. That was pretty yeah. good. Yeah. And the first uh, season of serial, I think is one of the best podcasts ever. Yeah. And, uh, you were talking about like comedians and stuff. If you want to look, for, if you like Joe Rogan stuff or that kind of, there is a, they did a few episodes that they called the Shrimp Parade because it was mm -hmm. him, Duncan Trussell and what's his name? his name, Chris Ryan or something. And when the three of them were together, it's also awesome because 
you learn a lot of shit, but it's hilarious because they talk about some really stupid shit. It's because you know, two right. of them are comedians, so it's very yeah. funny. So the shrimp parade. And um, can I ask each of you a question while we're talking about other podcasts? Certainly. If each of you had to say who is the best tattooer podcast guest, what would you say? Okay. For my experience, uh, I love Shane Inholm because seriously, he, they should make a movie about his life. Like he, when, when he talks about, oh yeah, you know, we were, we were there, we're making a shank, you know, to, to get the, as you call it, the trophy yeah. upstairs. Like, what the fuck is a trophy, man? It's like, oh yeah, he's in there. And then he talks about the 29 banks that he robbed. And then his mate was in jail in San Quentin, no, in Folsom or San Quentin. I remember when Johnny Cash was playing, this dude yeah. called the horse, this methamphetamine dealer, like, dude, like, Man. they, they got to make when a fucking movie about your life, dude. When, when he was on my show the second or third time, I don't remember, he talked about his dad had died, and they were going to this golf course to spread his dad's ashes, and they all had a cup of his ashes. And when, when they started to spread the ashes, he started eating them just to freak everybody out because he thought that he, he was like, you know, I don't give a fuck about this fucking golf course. And my stepmom, this, that, and the other, he was just talking talk shit. He goes, so I started eating the motherfuckers. And I, and, and I just had to stop. I was like, whoa, 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 back up. So you're on a, a fucking a golf course with well, well-dressed people. And his Shane's brother's a fucking sheriff. He was there. You know what I mean? And you start eating your father's ashes in front of him. He's like, yeah. And he just looks at me dead out. Yeah. I'm like you're out of your fucking mind. So he, he does make a good he does make a good guest, man. Uh, man, Yoni Yoni Zilber is fucking great. Jill's been great. I, I I got too many favorites, man. Frank Frank Romano, you know, tattooers go crazy for his episode. Like so many tattooers have said, I listened to Frank Romano's episode ten times. So I'm lucky, man. I, I've got so many episodes that I've got ten favorites probably. I guess there's a difference between your favorite and the best. Yeah, well, either answer is good, but I think that the best tattooer podcast guest is Robert Ryan, and I've listened to him on many other podcasts that are non-tattoo podcasts, and anytime he posts that he's on a show, I feel like he's on a lot of podcasts because of all of his various interests and, and things that he explores in life. So he's on a lot of podcasts, and I always listen to everything he's on, and it is always awesome, and it's always different. He's always got new stuff to share, and like he was on Kesha's podcast, that like pops in her Kesha. He was a guest yeah. in her podcast. It was fucking awesome. It's just so cool to hear him talk to all these different people about different stuff. And, and for me, he's like the best. I've got tons of favorites, but I think he's the best. You know, I've never had the opportunity to sit down with him, just us. I did electric tattoo. So it was him and Mike and Tom. Yeah. And uh, and then a couple of guys just hanging out in the room. So obviously I wasn't able to give him like the full, the full treatment, but uh yeah. He's always been nice to me. I think he's a great guy, and I, and I like his tattoos for sure. I, yeah. I listen to him on Duncan Trussell's podcast. Right. Yeah. And um, as, as podcast people, you know, but as tattooers especially, like, what do you think that today you would like to see more? I mean, you're contributing in this with your podcast, which, you know, choosing who interview, what to ask, and, you know, you kind of try to contribute that way. But what do you think, what would you like to see more of in, in today's tattooing or in tomorrow's tattooing or whatever? Man, you know, I'm just a spectator. And that, that's something I try to convey. And we did these shop talk segments for a long time. And we've been busy. And we haven't done them in a while. But where me and two of the guys that, that I work with will just pull up a, a tattoo from someone. 
and talk about what we love about it. You know, we never ever critiqued anybody. We never talked about what they didn't do right. But the fact that, you know, Tony Hundall posted a fucking snake and panther back piece yesterday with flames and my whole fucking crew was hype and we shared it in our group and we talked about it and it's a beautiful tattoo. And I've seen a thousand fucking panthers with snakes wrapped around, but this one just had the balls, you know what I mean? So there's so many good tattooers. I, I, when you said, what do I want to see more? I just want to see what everyone's doing, man. I'm excited about tattoos just as much as I always have been, you know, people, motherfuckers complain about everything, but I got no complaints when it comes to looking at beautiful tattoos. Fucking, there's a million great tattooers. Yeah. You know, what I like of what you just said is there is some people, like you said, you know, there's a million panthers, a million dragons, a million this, but there is some people that can do things in a way that, like you said, your whole shop was hyped. I mean, yeah. just by the energy that that guy's tattoo brought, you know, and there's yeah. some people are just like that. They're just, I don't know, they're so on another level. You know, I love when I see that. It's like, fuck, man, you did this. And he's like, a friend of mine was saying, Heinz was saying, he said it very well. He said, we all have the same pieces of the puzzle, you know? So they don't have more pieces. It's just, they do stuff and they're like, how the fuck did you do these? I have the same pieces that yeah. you have, yeah? They're like, man, that's put on, dude. Fuck. What about you, Andrew? Uh, I mean, as far as internet stuff goes, I'd like, I'd just like to see more thoughtful, longer format like tattoo related content, I think. And whether I'm watching every bit of it or not, I think it's good to have more, um, like more variation in who's presenting this stuff. Um, I just, I don't know. I feel like with the way that the, I mean, t speaking about everyone complaining, everyone's complaining about the Instagram algorithm. Nobody sees our posts. We don't get as many likes. We don't get as much action, all this stuff. This is what everyone's worried about because everything is geared towards like five second TikTok style video clips, which doesn't leave a lot of room for like insightful anything. Right. Uh, and so many people are catering to that because, you know, when you're playing the game, that's just how that's, that's what you have to end up doing if you want your work to be seen as much as, as, as much as you can get it to be seen. Um, but I just hope that we don't lose these like longer podcasts and um and and i would like to see some of these people that have like the star quality to put themselves out there and try to make a show or make something or may you know have an idea and pursue it and and i hope that it's received well enough to encourage them to keep pursuing it and pushing it because i i get excited about that stuff i think it's fun just the whole idea of developing a, an idea for a video content or a podcast or whatever it may be i think is super cool and uh, tattooing is full of characters and yeah. um, it's it's super cool to see that stuff because we don't always get the opportunity to meet people if they're not like a cool hotshot kind of tattoo person. And and most of these big personalities aren't; they're just solid tattooers that you may not encounter otherwise. Um, so yeah, I've been I thinking agree. a lot about. Um, uh, I love the idea of even maybe producing shows with other people. I think that's something that could be a, a cool future project um, if I can like grease the wheels for someone and do the side of it that you know a lot of people may not want to spend time learning like the technical side and the the gear and all that bullshit um it might be cool to produce shows for other people so that that's something i'm i would like to see in my own workflow maybe one day well we all know the, the three of us all know that there's plenty of people that want to tell us how they how they would do it or how we should do it so they should start their own show <laughs> and a lot of people that said that right and say i would be a great guest on your podcast and <laughs> 
90% of the time that makes me want to never have them on. Oh yeah, absolutely. If you ask, I'm not that. I don't know. I don't want to complain, but a lot of people tell me what I should be doing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Constantly. But yeah, yeah. I would encourage them to make their own show. (laughs) That's exactly what I do. I tell them you have a phone, you can fucking do whatever you want to do. Yeah. You know, and I'm just going to keep on doing what I do. Everybody's (laughs) like, Nick, you need a video. You need to put it on YouTube. You can monetize this. Do you have, hey, easy. I don't fucking want to. Let's do what I do. Well, you should. So I'm, I'll be the I'll be on the top of the pile of people telling you what to do. <laughs> <laughs> For a and, long uh, time, I didn't because I smoked reefer on my podcast, and it was it's illegal in Virginia. But now it's legal in Virginia, so everybody's like, "You got no excuse now. You got to do it." <clears throat> um, yeah, you could have just said that it was being recorded in Colorado all these years. Right. Oh, that's good. That's Say good. that it was it was like uh, like Hollywood weed. It wasn't real. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> And let me ask you, can you think about, because you met a lot of people, you meet a lot of people with, with, you know, not only with the podcast, but with the customers, with your job and all of that. And a lot of people that are older, that had crazy lives. Can you think about some of the best advice that you ever got? You know, like that thing that, oh, they told you this. And then 10 years later, 20 years later, you still think about that. And you're like, oh yeah, man, that thing was so good. I still, you know, think about it today. I mean, the best advice anybody ever gave me is my old man. Uh, my pop, he, he's been dead about seven years. And he, you know, he told me when I was young, he said, boy, I thought my fucking name was boy. He said, boy, don't give nobody no shit and don't take an ounce of shit off of nobody. And, you know, so many people nowadays in society, and this is a hillbilly, this is a simple man. But so many people in society nowadays want to tell other people how they should live or, or they want someone else's approval for their lifestyle. And I, I, I will do neither. I am so happy. If you're content, if you're happy, I'm happy. And I want everyone to be happy. And I just want to leave you the fuck alone. You leave me alone. <laughs> that sounds awesome. What about you, Andrew? Yeah, I feel like that same sort of advice is, has been the most valuable that I've gotten from different people in different ways over the years. And, and it's something I think that I need to be reminded sometimes. So it's always a welcome nudge um, if I'm having some issue. And usually the, usually the pertinent advice is don't worry about what other people think about it or, you know, just stay on the right path. You're, you know, you're doing what you're doing is fine, but just like continue to do your thing and don't get deterred by opinions of people. Yeah. I remember when you started, Andrew, everybody was asking me, what do you think the book's closed? And, and, and when, when you first started, if I'm correct, it was like Instagram's impact on tattooing was, was a question that you were asking frequently. Yeah. And I was just, I was just so glad that you were doing that so that I didn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People always try to pit us against each other. I know, man. It's fucking funny. <laughs> I know, but, but I truly believe it's good to have as many different people doing this as possible. We, we all find our own audiences. And like you said, we, we are interested in different things. Like I've listened to enough of your show to know that this, the conversations and the paths that you've gone down that I've heard are way different than stuff that I would be able to get with people. So like, what is, what would ever be the problem with having that? If someone's interested in a particular tattooer and, and we've had, you know, there's certain tattooers who have been on like every tattoo podcast. But, you know, that gets 
a different piece of them is revealed in every single one. And if you're that interested in somebody and you want to hear them on six different tattoo podcasts, then it's worthwhile because we all, we all have different approach and, and different, uh, different agendas. Great. <laughs> yeah, I agree hundred percent. I'm going to ask you one last thing and then I'm going to leave you, leave you alone. Um, if you would have to give an advice, yeah, but especially to younger people, because I think that a lot of people either starting now, they've been tattooing for like three, four years, five, whatever, you know, look up to, what you do because they can learn a lot. Sometimes stuff is hard to get because they would need the connection. But, you know, with your stuff, your real podcast, they can hear directly from these people without even knowing them, you know. If you would give them an advice, what would that be? I don't give a lot of unsolicited advice, but I, I, would, I, I would tell people that the way that I have grown the most is by being uncomfortable. So if you're afraid to do something, if you're anxious about doing something, um, if you think it's going to be hard, go ahead and fucking do it. it you know, everyone's so comfortable. And, I, and that's what I was saying about flying. I was so comfortable being like, I don't got to go to Germany. I've been to Germany. Uh, it's great. It looks a lot like Virginia. I, I, I don't need to go. But it, it's going to be a tremendous experience for me. And I, you know, I don't want to be on a plane for eight fucking hours, but I'm going to do it for the growth aspect of it. So people were so comfortable with convenience these days. And uh, and I'm very much that way as well. But when it comes to challenging myself, I have to do things that make me uncomfortable. And that's what I would tell other folks, like do things you're not comfortable with, do things that you're fearful of and you will. The reward will be so great. And it has been for me anyway. And wouldn't you say, Nick, that monetizing your podcast is something that would make you uncomfortable and maybe you should face that? <laughs> hey, some more bread would make me way more comfortable. You know what I mean? That's what uh, I'm saying. You're doing the hard work. <laughs> uh, hey, maybe maybe you should produce my show. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Hmm. That sounds, something. Hmm. That sounds okay. like something. You know, you know, you remember in Wayne's world, man, they sell out and, and they're doing like the Pizza Hut and the Pepsi and they're wearing the Reebok gear and shit. Yeah. My brother wrote out all that stuff and, and we planned on doing like a black claw headband and fucking, you know, like jumpsuits and all that shit and, and making a skit of it. And we just never did it because it would require us having to videotape it and post it on YouTube. Oh, that would be funny. New print, little yellow different exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly all right anything anything else you will you guys would like to add and then yeah. can you tell can you remind us well where people can find you you know where they can you know all of that i have a question for you steph before we finish yes i wanted to ask it earlier so it's it's kind of uh bringing back 10 topics ago but i'm curious if you were to be on my show this is what i would ask you what has the uh response or reception been to you posting all of your helpful and insightful art tips and philosophy, you know, your art philosophies and all that stuff on Instagram, which I find awesome and very thoughtfully put together and very cool that you're sharing different parts of your drawing process and, and beyond. What has the response been like that? You know, I have to say, you, of course, you're going to have some haters, you know, and I had some people, uh, really really hate like making stories just about me to say how much they hate me you know i'm like okay if you got that kind of time that's cool but i gotta say mostly positive especially for younger people and that's really why i do this because honestly you know the thing is 
you can give a Ferrari to someone, but if they don't know how to drive, they're not going to go very far. So some people think, oh, you giving the secret. There's no secret, dude. You know, it's just something that I try to put into, especially the younger people be like, okay, look, this is how you can start doing this. Let's say drawing this thing. And now you need to put in the hours. So now it's up to you. It's not something that I give you and then, okay, now you got it. You're perfect. It's very far from that, you know? So um, I, honestly, when I get those kind of mindless critiques, which is just frustration, really, of people that I think some of them, they like the things they, you, the way they used to be. Now they got way more competition and they're frustrated and they get angry. You know? Honestly, you know, it get from here and goes out of there. Like it doesn't even register. You know? But mostly positive from the people that say, oh, you know what? This thing helped me or this thing gave me the, the motivation to buy that book and do it. You know? So, yeah. Like, yeah, I guess kind of like Nick was saying, honestly, this stuff doesn't even register. You know, if you're, if somebody wants to make a constructive critiques, I'll listen and be like, oh, if I think you're right, I'll do something wrong. I'll, I'll, I'll learn from this and be better. But if you just want to talk shit, go somewhere else. Very simple, you know, but luckily I don't have many of those. So Interesting. Yeah. When you first got negative response, did it affect you at least a little bit? Because it would to me. Uh, you know, we humans, you know, so yeah. once I got some more intense critique, you're like, I'm going to write to this fucking, you know, that's the first <laughs> thought that you have, you know, because you're human, you know? <laughs> you know, and be like, okay, you want to have this conversation? Let's have it. But then I was like, nah, that's just like the, the little animal inside. I want to talk, you know, and usually I'm, I'm pretty good at controlling that, but it's challenging. You know, you know? when someone hates on what I'm doing or, or, or don't, you know, don't like me. I, I just go, well, wait till Tuesday because you're going to have to see me all over Instagram because yeah. 45 people are going to share the fact that I put out a new podcast. Um, I, I know you didn't ask me that question, but um, I, I, being, yes, I am human too. And so when someone criticizes, it, it sucks, especially when they do it publicly. Well, it's a whole lot of people. I don't get a whole lot of that, but occasionally I do. And, uh, you know, it makes you feel insecure for a moment. It makes you feel like, you know, why – what the fuck? But I, you know, when I did the Everance podcast with those guys, they were making memes about me. It's calling me Kenny Powers and shit. And I thought it was fucking great. I thought the shit was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you should have made t-shirts and stuff. Uh, but yeah, overall, man, I'm just like, while you're sitting there complaining about me, I'm doing another podcast. I'm going to put another one out and then more people are going to love me. That's <laughs> the way I do it. <laughs> yeah you know when it comes to that stuff like pretty much the way i, I try to do things I, I do not respond to people you know i have certain ideas of what i think is right and wrong and whatever i do i compare that to that standard that ideal i'm like according to this principle is this okay or is not then if a thousand people say it is not okay i don't care you know because it's not my responsibility is not towards them it's towards you know what i think is right or just got to be a good, you know, you can on, on, on the Instagram app, you can, there's a camera where you can, Andrew and I, you, we've done it where we just talk on, on uh, like sort of FaceTime for Instagram. And if anybody says, talk shit about me, I immediately try to fucking FaceTime them and no one has ever <laughs> fucking picked up on the other. End. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. let me guess. No one's ever answered. <laughs> Not once. <laughs> that should be, that should be recorded if they do. That would be a show in itself. That would be a good podcast, man. You know? Nick facing his haters and they don't pick up. <laughs> that would be fun. That would be fun. I'm just sick of the attitude of like, uh, it's like when you tattoo, you always have customers that are like, 
you know, uh, so what do you think? Like tattooing's pretty cool, huh? You love it? You like it? It's like, yeah, of course, it's the greatest thing ever. And then you wax poetic about how it's it's your your greatest thing and you, you it's your never ending quest of your passions and this and that. And they say, oh yeah, I mean, I'm, I draw a little bit, you know, I'd really love to, to learn how to tattoo one day. And a lot of tattoos would be like, nah, no, no, it's lame. It's not for you. It's not, it's like, how, how do you tell someone that you do the greatest thing ever? And then when they show interest, you tell them it's not the greatest thing ever. I'm just so fucking sick of that attitude. It's like, there, there has to be a middle ground. You can't have it both ways. Sure. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of, things change, you know, the I'm sure from the there, bag too, man. Like, yeah. like, like Steph said, there's no secrets. It's just not worth the fucking to, to try to get in some way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Things are changing, man. I'm, I'm, I'm sure from the next generation will be different because it's kind of like an older, it's an older way of thinking sometimes, not only, you know, exception applies and shit, but I get, do you get a lot of shit, Andrew? Um, not since I haven't been making podcasts for a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I get a lot of people that make fake accounts and, um, it's always interesting which specific episodes that I've posted in the past that get the most pushback and it, it just proves whatever point is being made in the episode even more. So it's, I, I find that interesting. People don't like when women tattooers uh, get a platform to speak on for some reason. And I find that very, I mean, I'm not, it's not like hate, 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 everyone hates it. It's the worst thing ever. But when I get negative stuff, it's like very easily traceable to like, not the like, you know, the, the stereotypical white guy tattoo person. And, it, and like the episodes, they're not even necessarily like talking about that sort of stuff every time, but people will make fake accounts and it's like, talk about how certain people don't have places in tattooing and it shouldn't be this way. And I'm fucking, I'm ripping the floodgates open and it's bad and, and this and that. And it's just, it's very interesting. Um, and in that case, uh, like we're talking about making you feel self-conscious and stuff in that case, it doesn't do that for me because it's, it, it is just so clear. Like the things that people pick out of an hour plus podcast, the one thing they comment on, it's so telling to where their head is at. It's exposing them. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Plus yeah. I feel like you're the type of person that if, if someone came to you with a account and said, hey, Andrew, I, I disagree. And I would like to fucking give my opinion. If it was reasonable, and some and, and someone else might be interested as well. You would probably discuss it with that person publicly, wouldn't you? For sure. Yeah, yeah. it's just more content, baby. <laughs> <laughs> gotta feed the monkey. You gotta feed it. I mean, I've had tattooers who I've looked up to my entire career who have sent me the message telling me I'm doing the wrong thing. And that's that can be a tough pill to swallow, but fuck them. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, what can you do? What can you do? If you don't like it. Don't tune in. Right. But, but it's also it, unfair to me. In those certain cases, it's like, who are you and who am I? I'm just some dude. I'm just some kid. Some fresh-faced little stupid-ass tattoo guy who's trying to make a podcast. And it's, I don't know. It's interesting. If they're not getting on Amazon and stopping tattoo to sell tattoo kits, fuck them. Yeah. Right. And that's the you thing. That's but the you're, thing. you're accessible and they can get try to get in your way. But they can't do that to the machine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I think it's just it, like when, when somebody identifies a particular thing in tattooing that they don't like in that moment, then whether it's me or you, Nick, or you, Steph, when you're posting your stuff, 
we become the face of everything wrong in tattooing. So it's like, here's a person I can put my complaint into upper management of um, the non-existent tattoo bureaucracy. And, uh, and that, and that's what they're doing. And, and when you look at it like that, like, I get it, I get it. We've, we've all had negative reactions in ourselves to things we've seen. Um, but yeah, it's just stupid. I, I don't reach out to somebody and tell them that like what they're doing is whack. It's just, but I think as somebody who pursues and makes stuff, I understand what it takes to put into making something that I would never just devalue it in one sentence to a stranger. You know, the, the other thing is social media makes this a million times worse, you know, because sometimes I had messages from people I've never met in my life, you know, and my friend says it very well, writing public comments is kind of like going to the supermarket and shouting to a person that you don't know what you want to say. You would never do that because you would look insane. But yeah. if you do it on, on social medias, which is the same, it's okay. You know, and I'm thinking, I don't engage with these people, but what if I would, what I would say is, dude, would you come to me to a convention? I never met you in my life. And the very first thing, without even introducing yourself, you will walk up to my boot and scream that up to my face. No, you wouldn't, because then we are face to face. So then you're going to have to face a comeback of some sort. You know, you need confrontation. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking necessarily violent, you know, but sure. it's easy. A lot of people, people, if you uh, respond to them, yes. If you respond, they'll say, oh, I didn't think you'd respond or, oh, I didn't think you'd read that. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's, and it's like, like I, I'm, I'm posting this, my, like, this is my not like a big business. You yeah, it's it like, to my phone. Right, exactly. Yeah, it may as well be a text message to my number. Exactly. I saw it and they're like, oh, well, like, you know, big fan, big fan of your work, love your work. You know, I was just thinking like maybe, and then they give you the like, I'm your bro, this is constructive criticism angle with it, which, you know, any feedback is always appreciated because we got to know sometimes you, sometimes you fuck up and you, you say the wrong thing and it's good to get checked by people. But yeah, it's, it's just funny how people will react because they just think that they're just like shitting their opinion out into the internet and it has, it's just nothing. But it's Andrew, you can make a, you should what make a that? video of yours, okay. you know, just with this stuff. With one of your characters, you know, and just the haters. That'd be I know. Hilarious. I know. I feel like you can't do characters anymore. It's just, it's just tricky territory. I would talk a lot more shit if I if I had if I understood technology the way Andrew does. Um, but when I when I was when I did the Everest podcast, people were fucking coming from my head big time, and they and it really pissed them off that I didn't have some sort of deep rooted thing in defense of. I told everybody I was like the guys who came on my show. Um, have brought me a lot of joy by sharing their tattoos. I look at a Scott Sylvia tattoo, it makes me happy. That's why I put them on a show. Now it's the end of it. Yeah. They wanted some some sort of like a They wanted it like to be like, from, I'm fighting for Everance and, and I'm a part of this and I'm standing up for it and it should be, and I shouldn't, I'm endorsing it. I didn't do none of that shit. And if you listen to the episode, the first thing I said is I think it's whack and I don't think it's gonna last. But Tim and Mike and Scott, their tattoos fucking last and and looking at their tattoos fucking make me happy. That's it. That's the end of it. That's why I did it. Don't you think that yeah. was a huge turning point? The Everance thing really made it. I feel like it made a huge difference in how people look at uh, like who can do what or what's allowable in air quotes. Certainly. Well, I mean, uh, for all the bullshit, it definitely, it definitely showed that no, it, 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 it doesn't belong to anybody. No one controls it, and corporate interests can only go so far. People only allow so much. You know what I mean? Um, but I, 
I didn't care that that <laughs> I did not give a fuck that they were telling an outside entity that it was okay to come in. I thought it was crazier that someone might walk in your shop, Andrew, and hand you something and go, you're going to put this to my tattoo. I thought that was fucking stupid. Right. Right. You know? But yeah, I mean, I think it definitely showed that, that uh, there is no powers that be. Period. If only most tattooers knew about the investment firms that have bought up most of the supply companies they order from these days, then maybe yeah. they would have a different view on who's right and who's wrong as they're ordering from like icon and kingpin and shit. If you want to but talk the, about like right and wrong. But those same people don't want to build needles. Right. When you know, I, like the, yeah. And that goes back to everything we've been talking about. Like you can't have it both ways. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, Everybody and, cherry picks what makes things easy. And I totally get it. And there's people that hang their hat on my apprenticeship. I built needles. I mixed pigment they took apart my machine and maybe put it back together. And all those things are fucking fantastic. And, and, you know, if you're a craftsman and, and, and you want to take it full on, then those are great things. But most of these motherfuckers that even tell those stories don't mix pigment anymore. You yeah. know what I mean? They just don't do it. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. Man. Like, I think sometimes like it's like, the way I see it is, is, is projection. You know, people project their own frustration, their own expectation. They, they would like things to be in a certain way. And I can't remember who told me once, you know, how tattooing is so many things, you know, it's not one thing and be like, Oh, tattoo is this. And if you get out of this way, you're wrong. Tattoo is everything. Tattooing is punk. Tattooing is native, sacred rituals. Tattooing is traditional, is Japanese, you know, and uh, this, is, this is the main thing sometimes I struggle the most with when someone wants to own, you know, in a way and be like, it's only this. And if you go against it, you're wrong and you preach the wrong thing. It's like Andrea said it the best. Like, look, this was here way before us and will be here way longer after we're gone, you know. So just relax, man, you know, just chill out. Yeah. And, and all this to say that myself personally – as much as I can complain about complainers and I'm just compounding frustration on top of other people's frustration, I love that part of tattooing as well. I like that there's all types, all kinds, all opinions, and you can meet someone who, who seems like they've never been on the internet and they've got all these old, like, stick-in-the-mud opinions. And it's, it's refreshing to meet anyone who has a different take on things than you. And that's, I think that's what I love the most. And that's, that's really kind of the core of what makes me want to keep doing podcasts. You mentioned the characters in this thing, man. I, I like having someone on that's polarizing that people do not like or they don't like how they talk or they don't like their attitude. I find that shit refreshing. I like to hear somebody talk a little shit. You know what I mean? I don't I don't I would never entertain someone that was, you know, trying to get attention. You know what I mean? But if someone's personality alone rubs people the wrong way, I, I, I think it's fucking great. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know what I remind myself. I should have said Eric Perfect was the best fucking uh, tattoo uh, podcast guest because he pisses yeah. everybody off when I have him on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what I what I remind myself when I think about this stuff: the fact that if everybody would be like patient and, and understanding, and you know, blah blah blah, it would be fucking boring. You know, the people that have the crazy or they make the craziest stories are the crazy ones, are the complaining ones. So I think it's like balance. You know, you need. A little drama to make it funny as well, I think. Huh? Right. Oh, yeah. 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 Is there something to complain about in the first place? Exactly. So <laughs> where people can find you guys? 
Go ahead. Uh, no lies, just bullshit is the podcast. Uh, no lies, just bullshit on Instagram. Or you can catch it on my website, which is no lies, or Spotify, SoundCloud, stuff like that. Andrew. And once I start producing No Lies, Just Bullshit, you'll find it on YouTube. Uh, it'll be and, on and Twitter. Too. It'll be on Netflix. It'll be it'll be everywhere. Nick will be America's sweetheart in six months or less. My buddy told me I need to do a uh, a diners, drive-ins, and dives type show for tattoo shots. Oh, oh dude. Hell yeah. That would be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Did you hear that, Andrew? Yes. Are you ready for yeah. that? Yeah. I'm ready for all of it. But you can find my show, Books Closed uh booksclosedpodcast.com has everything i'm on youtube uh spotify everywhere you get podcasts you, you can find it i'll have new episodes awesome. soon awesome guys thank you so much i hope a lot of people will complain about this so then we can make another episode and talk about that that'll be fun <laughs> yeah man. perfect i knew this would be easy because we we could just talk for 10 hours we're three people who can't shut up yeah yeah, yeah that's it yeah we can make i'm it the worst <laughs> and we haven't had drinks yet that's right. no. it's early man yeah yeah, yeah we're at different times so but... guys thank you so much nick i'll see you in Aachen. yes sir yeah thank yeah, you i enjoyed it andrew, andrew hopefully yes, yeah hopefully i'll you. see you at some point somewhere if you come It'll to europe happen. or something i'll get there awesome guys have an awesome day all right you too take care guys bye, bye.